1: Welcome to the Situation Report today. Glad to have you joining us. This is the show where we do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stonlicker. I am your host today. And today we're going to discuss a topic that we have uh, briefly touched on in the past. It's been a little while, but I am glad that we have uh, an incredible guest on today. You're going to hear the interview where we can talk about this again. There is a prevalent issue in our society, something that happens culturally, something that's happening nationally, and certainly globally, and yet it's something that most of us don't spend much time thinking about. And I believe that we have been pushed (laughs) to a place where in our culture, where something like this is so prevalent, uh, we are conditioned, have been conditioned not to think about it. We're going to talk today about sexual exploitation, human trafficking, and specifically the sexual exploitation and trafficking of children. This is something, again, that we have talked about in the past. Uh, We have an episode, I don't remember what number it was, but the guest was Jocko Bullions, who uh, talked about this at length with us, and he has already done a documentary about his experience with that. I'd encourage you to go back and check that out in the archives. Uh, but today we're going to talk to uh, Alan Smith. Alan is the executive director of a wonderful organization called Saving Innocence. They work in the county of Los Angeles. That's where they were started. They are now helping uh, other cities and counties across the country and doing incredible work in the anti-human trafficking and, again, uh, specifically with children in that effort and may be the experts on exactly how to deal with this and how to help governments, local governments, deal with this. Um recently wrote a book, and that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today. The title of the book is Men Fight for Me. Men Fight for Me. I'll give you the subtitle, The Role of Authentic Masculinity in Ending Sexual Exploitation and Trafficking. Uh, I'll say all of this again uh, when Alan comes on, but I bring that up now in the introduction because we need to get our minds geared the right way before we jump into this conversation. When we look at an issue as big as the one that we are talking about today, and Alan will give us some numbers Uh, we have to realize that the biggest problem and the biggest reason that the issue exists is men. Uh, Men that don't understand what it is to be authentic. Men that don't really understand the idea of masculinity in a genuine, authentic sense. And if we can get a hold of that and understand that, then so many of these issues and so many of these innocent folks who are being trafficked and being hurt, abused, uh, many for a lifetime, uh, would not be any longer. And I'm very grateful that we can have uh, this conversation. And I would encourage you with this episode, uh, listen to it, of course, share this with as many people as you possibly can. Uh, This is a conversation that, that we have to have, that many other folks need to have. People that aren't thinking about it need to think about it. So listen to this, share it out and uh, that will be a benefit to all of us. Please um, enjoy, appreciate this conversation with Alan Smith. Before we jump into that though, um, I would imagine if you've been to the grocery store recently, you've noticed that things are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. It doesn't matter where you live in this country, things are more expensive. The economy, our economic future is uncertain. and We have to ask ourselves the question, what is it that we can do to protect our financial future for our families, for our children. What can we do personally? Uh, One of the things I would recommend is at least considering adding gold and silver into your IRA, your investment accounts. Take a look, figure out how to do that and see if that is the right fit for you. The place that you can start is with Lear Capital. Call Lear Capital and you can get their free precious metals investor guide. You can also ask them about their Lear Advantage IRA that lets you transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold and silver tax advantage IRA. Plus, Lear is offering right now crazy shipping, uh, free shipping, and up to $15,000 in bonus gold or silver with a qualified purchase. This is something you at least need (laughs) to take a look at. You can call for details 800-489-6450. Lear Capital is the most rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near perfect rating on Trustpilot. Call them at 800-489-6450. That is 800-489-6450. Calling that number, you will get your free kit, and there you will learn how gold has performed during periods of inflation, government debt, interest rate hikes, economic crashes, even wars, and how in all of those gold has been the financial bedrock asset in portfolios. Uh, one of the things I love about Lear Capital is that they are an American-owned company proud to do business with Americans that share conservative values. Write this number down, 800-489-6450. Call them today, or if you don't want to call, you can click the link below in the show description and the show notes. Check them out. You will do yourself a great service by at least investigating Lear and what they have to offer. My guest today is Alan Smith. Alan serves as the executive director for Saving Innocence, an anti-human trafficking community-based organization focused on the recovery and restoration of child victims of sex trafficking. And uh, Alan, I want to talk much more about uh, Saving Innocence. You guys have possibly the best promotional video I've seen of any nonprofit anywhere on your website. It's pretty awesome uh, talking about what you guys do. But also the co-author of the book, Men fight for me. The role of authentic masculinity in ending sexual exploitation and trafficking. Alan, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it, and looking forward to this conversation. Thanks so
2: much for having me. I, I love uh, joining you today and having this important conversation with you.
1: This is an important conversation. Why don't we start by? Um, I, I'd love to get your background, kind of, you know, what, where you've come from, and then talk about the innocence. Um, uh, Saving Innocence, it's going to called The Innocence Project, Saving Innocence, uh, how you got involved with that, where you came from, and why this is a a passion of yours.
2: Uh, Thanks for having me again. Uh, Yeah, Alan Smith, I live in Southern California, kind of north LA, uh, just north of all the the madness and chaos of of LA, and uh, (laughs) married to my wife for 38 years, wait for it, 38 years, been married, and uh, a son and a daughter- and we just found out pretty recently that uh, my son and his wife are expecting. So I'm going to be a, a, a grandfather, a grand grandpa. Wow, awesome! For, for the first time ever, and I'm not sure how I feel about that, but they're certainly excited. But <laughs> so now the big conversation is: okay, what are you going to be called? I don't know. So people are giving suggestions. Like you have to be called something. <laughs> like what? Who are you to this grand grandkid? So we're, <laughs> right. We're taking uh, we're taking uh, you know recommendations at this point. Um, That's funny. How did I get to Saving Innocence? So before that, I was with a different nonprofit. really my entire life, worked for uh, Adult Life, 25 years on the Young Life staff. Uh, Young Life, faith-based organization internationally. And um, after 25 years on that staff, it was time to do something different. And and I cold called Saving Innocence, the founder, and we met, they weren't hiring, there's no job posting or anything like that. I was just really interested. (laughs) As a dad with a daughter, Um, uh, the idea that girls, young girls, predominantly young boys too, but young girls are being bought and sold here in our country, um, via human trafficking. is just appalling and disarming. And it's like, I need to go find out more about this. It wasn't a job interview, but it, but it kind of was, um, I was in a career change and I didn't know if a man could be in this organization. I didn't know that much about the, the content, the topic. I just know my car drove myself and my heart and my car drove myself to the front door of Saving Innocence about almost seven years ago now. And we had a great conversation. I was leaning forward with every word that was coming out of her mouth. This is happening in our country, to our U.S. born American kids, in our neighborhoods, in every state, nearly every zip code. Okay, I'm in. And I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I knew I was in. And conversations yeah. progressed, and uh, I joined the team. So the short version of what we do is we're first responders. We're on call 24-7, partnered with law enforcement and others when uh, they encounter what they believe to be a child victim of sex trafficking. And l- recently, it's expanded into all forms, labor trafficking and adults. But for the longest time, it was child victims of sex trafficking. And we have these rock star advocate case managers that go out in the middle of the night and receive this child 12 13 years old maybe and uh we begin helping her get her life back and you know all things in between hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth call 800-702-5400 Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now,
0: 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: That's unbelievable. Um, you guys do have a great website, and it has a lot of good information about what you do and how you do it, and um, your media team. I don't know who, who handles all your media, but they do a great job as well. But uh, talk about talk about the problem. I want to get to the you know, the solution, or at least what you've presented as a solution in the book. But uh, talk about the problem. This is something I I don't think most Americans really understand. And and maybe you can talk about the two aspects of it, because this is fascinating to me. There is the human trafficking part of this, where, you know, children are being brought across the border, whatever, into our country and exploited. But then there is the um, exploitation through you you know, what a lot of people have have long called a victimless crime, things like prostitution and and all these other areas of exploitation, pornography. Can you talk about the problem from maybe both of those aspects? Super important for us to understand.
2: Yeah, it is. It's critical. And and because there's been so much misunderstanding and and misrepresentation of this uh, crime, um, that's partly the reason why it's currently the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world. People don't understand it. They don't get it. I just saw a stat recently. Nearly 50 million people being enslaved worldwide via human trafficking. 50 million.
1: Unbelievable. Um,
2: the people that count things in our country would say there's at least 300,000 children, minors, being trafficked in our country. Uh, and I think that's a low number, honestly, at this point. So, yeah, the, the big aha, the big... uh eye-opening moment and it was for me so I don't blame people that don't get it 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 was an eye-opening moment for me as well is that it's happening here this is not Thailand and Cambodia and Uganda it is those places but additionally it's here to our own kids and it's it's bigger than you think it is and it's closer than you think it is and that's my urgent message to men and women everywhere it's bigger than you think it is and it's closer than you think it is and um, we're fighting it every single day. Um, yeah. It, yeah, victimless crime. That's, uh, th- that's a, a tragic representation of what's happening. These are absolute victims. The average age of entry into trafficking in our country is around 12 years old. Uh, the youngest kiddo that we've taken care of at Saving Innocence was seven years old. So you have adults intervening in a vulnerable child's life, forcing them Now, in our country, the average age of consent, of, of, you know, sexuality, of sex, is 18 years old. So by definition, they are a victim of a crime. They're not allowed to say it's okay. As if a 12- or 13-year-old would say, sure, it's okay, grown adult male, for you to rape me 10 times a night. As if they could say that, and they get brainwashed and manipulated in some ways where it almost looks like they're going along with it. Yeah. By definition, a felony. You can't have sex with a minor. And so it's very much full of victims all over the place. And uh, we need people to understand
1: that. One of the things I did not understand until looking at um, some of the material that you guys produce is that it was only recently. The the law was only recently changed where minors would not be charged as uh, committing the crime of prostitution if they're taking into sex trafficking. Talk about that for a minute, because that that blew my mind.
2: Yeah, again, they're just, it's just one big ball of dysfunction and misunderstanding and criminal enterprise, you know, happening, snowballing. Um, in California, where you and I are both located, I want to say it's 2018, where SB... <laughs> there's a, there's a, I'm trying to remember the law number, 1325. Don't yep. quote me, it doesn't matter.
1: Some anyway, numbers, Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> anyway, I mean, a few years ago, there was an actual law signed... That stated legally that the minor is not the criminal in that exchange that's happening. Like up until then, up until a few years ago, and still yeah. in some places it still exists. The 13-year-old in the motel room with the 35- or 40-year-old, there's an exchange of money and sex, and it looks like, quote, prostitution. If your audience can't see this right now, I'm air-quoting. It looks like prostitution. Yeah, right. And, and so that's in the mindset Oh well, then she must be choosing it, and you know they're they're yeah. going, operating under an outdated picture of what prostitution is. So up until just a few years ago, that 13 year old was handcuffed and taken to jail. Now wow. what what universe does that happen? And, and so thankfully there are you know lots of entities waking up to that reality, and have woken up to at least that reality. At least we're not going to criminalize her for the crime that was perpetrated against her. Yeah. At least we're not going to do
1: that. Yeah, unbelievable. These are things that people need to understand. And I'm glad that you have uh, co-authored the book that you have. So talk to us about uh, the book, Men Fight For Me. Maybe you can talk about your co-author a little bit and uh, her background. And it's it's very personal to her, of course. And then uh, talk about why you guys wrote this book. And then why the title? Because it's very much focused on men. Men, you can solve this problem. So uh, talk to us about some of that.
2: Yeah, you know, um, I'll get to all those points. And if I forget, you can re- uh, remind me what I missed. Sure. But I, I just, incidentally, I just had a guy reach out to me on Facebook who I didn't know, never met him before. He's in Florida. Right now, he's boarding up his windows. But um, he's in Florida, <laughs> perusing the internet to buy books. He loves books. And he's gotten an interested in this topic. And the title, he said, Grab Him. Men, fight for me. Yeah. It, like, and he had to buy the book, and he read it, and he was like transformed, and he's calling, now we're talking. <laughs> and the title of the book was uh, Eye Catching to Him, and I'm glad that it was because we'll unpack that, why it is. Uh, my co-author named Jessica, uh, when I went to work at Saving Innocence almost seven years ago, a couple months after I joined that team, uh, we interviewed and hired Jessica to come on our, on our staff. She's a survivor of sex trafficking, and she details her story in great detail uh, in the book Men Fight for Me. Um, The cliff notes is that started for her at about age 11, the exploitation and trafficking, and she was in that life for about 10 years. So she has literally seen it all, been there, done that. Now she's out of the life, you know, for now about 15 years now out, and she's a a colleague and a a friend of mine, and uh, she brings the eye of what's happening. I call her the secret weapon. She knows things the rest of us don't know. She's seen things the rest of us haven't seen, and she can help navigate. We have several, actually, survivors on our team at Saving Innocence. We want to be survivor-informed. We want them to help Mm -hmm. us make sure we don't miss some of the nuances of what's happening and the programs that we develop. So she's a critical role in our work. Um, The title of the book, Jessica was speaking at a panel, this is a few years ago, at a church down in L.A. on a Saturday. Her and Kim, who I alluded to earlier, I found her. They were both on a panel discussion about five or six uh, other ladies talking about the issue. 200 people in the room. And in between Kim and Jessica was a woman named Rachel. And Rachel, I didn't know her at the time, and she's since become a friend. And I'm going to tell you why. She's impacted me in a huge way, and she tells her story in Chapter 3 of the book. We're teasing the book, I hope. I hope everyone's going to buy it. Yeah, um, it's good. <laughs> so Rachel, Rachel is telling her story. Junior year of college, came from a great home you know, played volleyball in high school, 3.8 GPA, prom queen. Like she had everything going for her, two parents, a dad who loved her. She's just like my daughter and a lot of daughters out there. This is not a foster child. This is not an abused kid who was vulnerable. This is a strong, confident young woman. Her junior year of college gets approached by a well-spoken man in a three-piece suit who's a modeling agent. Uh, He signed her on to, you know, join his talent agency as soon as she signed the contract, she gave over her home address where she lived when she wasn't at school, her parents' name, all that all that information. And uh, her first job, air quotes again, for those of you who can see this, was to go uh, in, in the car in the parking lot and go have sex with that guy because he just paid her money. It's like, what are you talking about? So anyway, she details that in the chapter, and she's sharing this story on the panel, and she says, after five months, I gave up. She said, I saw no way out. I could no longer fight for myself. And then she says, Mm. I needed someone to fight for me. Now, that lit me up. I was already in. I was already at Saving Innocence. And being a man in this space is pretty rare. There aren't a lot of men. It's mostly women out there fighting, doing great stuff. And now I have a trafficking survivor on the stage in the middle of her trauma, her depression, um, about ready to uh, suicide attempt. I mean, just really horrific conditions that she was forced to live in. Said so I needed someone to fight for me. Okay. So the book was born in that moment. I'm okay. a man. I have a lane. I can challenge men. I'm an expert on men. I've been a man my whole life. I know what we're yes. thinking. I know, I know the deal here. And then you combine that, stack that up on the, on the idea that now I know, because what I do, by far, most of the buyers of sex are men. By far, most of the sellers, the traffickers, are men. Okay, men, we're the problem. We are the problem. And so we added the word men to what she said, fight for me, and that, that bore in the book. She's actually in the book, a number of other survivors. Jessica's my co-author. She speaks throughout through her expertise, speaks in as we break down the issue. And so it's men. in big red letters on the cover of the book is behind me if you see this. Men, exclamation point, fight for me. And and then it talks about our role of authentic masculinity and how that's the answer to this to this crime that's happening. And, and we hope that every man will read it. And um, shameless plug proceeds are benefiting these survivors of trafficking. So you, you guys can get yeah. one. Um, go to fightforme.net. It's on Amazon, you can buy it there, but go to fightforme.net. There's a bunch of resources and biographies and other other things that'll be helpful in the in the process.
1: My pillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bedsheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they are all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-870-0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. Alan, when you talk about men being the solution to the problem, and I'm going to get copies for both of my boys and other men in my life, this is such an important issue. In fact, kind of an aside, anecdotal. I've talked, so I've got a 21-year-old son and a 12-year-old son, and pornography and these issues yeah. are some of the things I've talked to them about. And um, one of the points that I have made with them as it relates to pornography and staying away from it, I mean, as as Christians, you know, there are reasons, and it's sin, and you know all of those reasons. But then understanding there are people whose lives are being impacted when men in particular— support pornography. And it seems like no one is being hurt, but children are being hurt and trafficking is happening. All those things are happening. Uh, How, how, how is it that men and authentic men understanding masculinity are the solution to this problem? How, how do you, how do you assert that? Uh,
2: It's it's easy uh, because men are the problem. The biggest part of the problem You know, and so if something goes wrong with your body, you get an X ray or an MRI or your car, you know, your house, there's a leak somewhere. If you can identify and isolate whatever the problem is, now you have a fighting chance of coming up with a remedy. Mm. Give the right antidote, put a cast on the right bone. I mean, whatever you have to do, get the right pipe fixed. In this case, with this incredible, brutal exploitation and trafficking of vulnerable people, the biggest part of the problem by far is men. So now, if we yeah. can infuse this issue with strong, positive, helpful, authentic men who are ready for a good fight, we can have a, a chance at winning this battle because it's mostly controlled by broken men. And you know, if I say authentic about anything, in this case, masculinity, um, I'm presuming then that there's an inauthentic version. And that's exactly what we're seeing played out on the world stage, in our our nation, in music, in media, in entertainment. It's broken, cheapened, diminished, counterfeit men. You know, when a counterfeit bill, if they do it well, it looks a lot like, really, it looks very close to the authentic bill. But the experts can look at it and say, no, no, it's not quite the real thing. And so we have a bunch of counterfeit men masquerading as leaders and men and they're influencing media and culture and the way this world works. Well, we need good strong men to rise up and confront them to step in that gap. And there's kind of this narrative out there somehow or other. And you've heard the word toxic masculinity. And there is some toxic poisonous versions of masculinity. That's what we're talking about here. But the answer to that is to make, all men less masculine. The answer is to make better masculinity, stronger, authentic, powerful—the kind of masculinity that brings freedom and hope, not oppression and hurt. Infuse those men into the conversation, into the battles, into the into all of it, and we can see a, we can see a remedy to not only trafficking but a lot of things. I saw a little meme recently. I don't know if it was an actual stat or a joke but it said 80% of all problems are caused by men. (laughs) And I laughed about it. (laughs) And and after I quit laughing, I thought, "That's, that's about right. In fact, it might be a little bit low, right? Can you think of a significant problem in our country, in your city, in the world that isn't caused by some broken, greedy, narcissistic, addicted men? There's certainly some women out there that are participating. But it's mostly us men, guys. So we need good, strong men to step in and confront it. And human trafficking and exploitation of vulnerable people will be one of the things that won't have a chance of survival because we are not going to allow it. Not on our watch. This is not going to happen. I don't know how many minutes it's going to take to get into that headspace, but there's a number. And once we cross that tipping point, you know, the buddies around you that are watching pornography, which is trafficking in many cases, the buddies around you that are going to the strip club on a Friday night, the buddies around you that are... degrading sexuality in women, they're not going to have a chance because they're going to be confronted by their good friends who grew up with them, went to elementary school, played baseball with them, and say, hey, guys, we're not doing that, and here's why. And yeah. if we can get enough men changing the world, their world, in their home, in their neighborhood, their community, we get enough men doing that, now we got a chance, and, and now we got something for formidable.
1: Yeah. Okay, so masculinity then is something that... I'll say is we could define masculinity as and and I would imagine you have an answer to that. So authentic masculinity is what? That's my first question. And the second question is, where does that come from? So we have a world, a culture that's pushing a false idea of masculinity on our young men. And and honestly, what we're watching happen with, you know, drag shows and taking kids to strip clubs and all this stuff that's now acceptable. This is a big part of this problem. But what is real masculinity or authentic masculinity? First of all, and where does it come from? For someone that's trying to learn this, trying to understand this, trying to get a hold of it, where do they go to find the answer to that? Uh, we didn't talk before this, but you're teeing me up perfectly. <laughs> In chapter
2: four of the book, "Men Fight for Me," um, I have—I think I—I I think I title it "Man to Man," and I talk about this very idea this confusing idea nobody knows what a real man is and when does he become one
1: what
2: what is authentic so your boy has sex is that oh you're a man that's what a lot of the songs and media would want to want you to believe is it an education you graduated from something you got married nobody knows what is it so yeah if we're going to ask them to be authentic men we have to give them the the blueprint okay here's what it is And I I do blueprint it in chapter four of the book. And just so briefly, I'll I'll say it here. There's four pillars of masculinity. And we started this when my son was five years old. I had a couple of good buddies. They had sons the same age. We said, okay, how are we going to raise these young boys to be good, strong men? What what are we going to do? Job number one was we got to define what it is. What are we shooting for? Are we running a marathon or a sprint? What is it? What are we trying to do? you got to know where you're going. And so we come up with four pillars of authentic masculinity. Here's what a real man is, in my humble opinion. Number one, he accepts responsibility. A real man doesn't run from his responsibilities. He leans into them. He accepts them. He takes care of them. He checks them off the list. And it's not just the responsibilities that are right in his little world. A real man, an authentic man, steps into the bigger responsibilities that aren't technically maybe even his. Takes a responsibility for the neighborhood, the community, the school, the state of our country and the world. A bigger man's looking for that fight that he can get into that he he can accept some responsibility for and these young victims of sex trafficking he might not be doing anything so he thinks as part of this problem but take some responsibility to help end it yeah two he leads courageously an authentic man someone who's practicing authentic masculinity is a courageous leader we're going to need courageous leaders if we're going to stomp out any kind of a big problem especially one where there's 50 million victims And multi-billions of dollars changing hands every year. There's rich and powerful people. It's going to take courage to stand up against that. It's going to take courage to say a certain thing on social media. It's going to take courage to look your buddy in the eye and say, turn off that computer at night. I'm going to break it in front of your eyes. It's going to take a lot of courage to do that. He's got to lead courageously. Three is, he lives a life of service. A real man lives a life of service. As soon as he takes, he loses all credibility. An authentic man, a real man, is not here trying to see what he can get. He's here to see what he can give. He's he's serving his community. He's serving the world. He's serving his church. He's serving he's serving a life of service is someone that marks an authentic man. And then the fourth pillar is he understands that who he is is more important than what he does. And what we wanted our little boys to understand at 5 and 6 years old. Listen, you, you might be a great athlete, you might end up being a great singer and play guitar. You might be really smart. Whatever it ends up being, go do you. That's great. Go. We're cheering you on. All those things are great. But just make sure you understand that what's most important is who you are internally. We're going to focus on the interior, not the exterior. A real man focuses on who he is when no one's looking. He He's focusing on integrity and character and honesty, the things that make us intrinsically strong and powerful man. And then the outward will take care of itself. Go be that. Go be who you are on the inside to the outside world. And that's what number four is. And so we figured, okay, there's four, that's a world I want to live in. Uh, a bunch of men accepting yeah. responsibility, leading courageously, serving their yeah. community, and focusing on the interior, not the exterior, not building the kingdom of self. Uh, that's a great world. There's no room for trafficking in that world. There's no room for exploitation. There's no room for crime running rampant. You look, turn on the news every day and there's 25 people running in a store stealing whatever they want. There's no room for any of that if we get enough men and young men living in this fashion. That's my answer. Uh, your listeners can take it, use it verbatim. You can tweak it. You can add a bullet point to it if you want. Uh, take one away. The, the, I think the idea is we have to give our young boys a, a roadmap because they are inundated. five or 10,000 images a day. Now the social media thing is you know, off the chain. Look at me. I'm sounding young and cool. Off the chain. They're being inundated. (laughs) They're being lied to. Our young boys and young girls being lied to every single day on what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, the world's perception of beauty, the world's perception of strength. So it's up to us men. Again, this is my lane. I'm not in any way taking anything away from the great women out there and the great moms out there. They're doing great stuff. They're doing great stuff. It's us guys take the responsibility for this problem that we are complicit in letting happen. And we get enough men, enough good men and good dads living authentically masculine. Uh, now the world starts changing.
1: I, um, I'm i going to assume you have a, an opinion on this next question I'm going to ask you, but you can pass on this if you want to. But um, given your background, I I am guessing I'm assuming you're a person of faith and that faith would be important to you and at least be an important personal aspect of your life. Um, I I believe that so many of the problems we have culturally are not because of people outside of the faith community, but many people within the faith community. And I know that uh, a lot of these issues are issues that churches are dealing with, that Christians are dealing with, that people of faith are dealing with. Can you talk a little bit about maybe the church's response to some of this or the Christian community's response to some of this? How, however broad you want to make that. Because I, I feel like even those who would say they have a, a faith foundation don't necessarily understand what you just outlined in four points.
2: Uh, the, the, yes, and to answer your first assumption, I am a person of faith, and um, <laughs> that motivates me to do what I do. Um, just a just a note: uh, saving innocence is not a faith based organization, although it's led by right faith based people. We're embedded in the court system and the county. And so, you know, we have sure. a certain, certain neutrality there. Um, so people of faith can support us and be excited about it. People that don't ascribe to personal faith can also be excited about it. Of and course. Incidentally, incidentally, the book is written in a faith neutral uh, perspective for the most part. I didn't want any group of people to feel disqualified. Like they, they're going to disqualify themselves because it looks yeah. like a quote, Christian book. It's a book about humanity. It's a book right. about doing what's right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all, to say all that, um, you, you know that I'm getting less and less patient with churches that aren't taking an active role in the things we're talking about here today. Uh, People of faith understand the idea of good versus evil. Uh, The exploitation and trafficking of people, predominantly children, is absolutely evil personified. This is a spiritual battle. It's not against flesh and blood. Yeah, there's bad people. There's broken men that are doing bad things. But where is that coming from? Uh, Evil is running amok. And so we need to fight fire with fire. So I call all churches. It, to make sure that anti-trafficking efforts, organizations, you can, you can jump on with Saving Innocence or find one you're already connected to. If it doesn't appear somehow in your calendar and in your budget, right? That's how we know what's important to us. For, for all of us, not just church. What do you value? Well, the stuff that shows up on your calendar you allocate time to. Or the stuff that shows up on your credit card, your check registry. What do you give money to? Those are the two things. So every church needs to allocate some time. It could be as simple as one Sunday a year where you bring in me or someone like me to come and talk to your congregation about this. Um, Or you could do more than one Sunday a year, but at least do that. Your missions budget, your church, you're raising money to do good things. Great. If this isn't in there somewhere, uh, I believe you're not doing everything that you should be doing. There are a lot of great churches that are out there doing great stuff in all this space, um, but there's a lot that – this goes for people in general, but I also think it goes for some churches, is that uh, let's stay in the zone of comfortable and safety. This feels uncomfortable to talk about, and it is. It feels unsafe in some ways. If we're really going to talk about something so horrific, are we going to offend someone in the audience? You know, a lot of people think that are they going to go to another. Are we going to lose them because they're going to go to church? It's not talking so much about uncomfortable things. I want to be comfortable. So I kind of get the game that pastors have to play. They're not trying to shut down their church. They're trying to grow the church. And this topic is incredibly unsavory. It's incredibly difficult if you really want to rip the veil off and really talk about it. Um, So here's what it comes down to. We need people to lead courageously. We need church staff and pastors to lead courageously in this in this battle.
1: That's good. Man, that's a good word. Um, the title would suggest that this is a book for men and maybe only for men. Uh, is the audience, is your audience men or is it, you know, broader than that?
2: Yeah, I knew we were, you know, by by putting the word men on the title, for the longest time it was, the title just fight for me. Um, and as we, the more we got closer to publishing it, it was like, well, the target audience is men. And so how are we going to get the – how are we going to get the attention of men? And so we added the title to the book. And I'll say this: that it's it's a book for everyone. There's a lot of women are reading it and loving it. There's there's a lot of a lot of women they're absolutely loving it. And I was on a, a radio show talking about it and talking about this authentic masculinity idea that you and I just talked about. And the female um, interviewer gets a mo- starts tears starts crying, hmm. she, like she had never heard a man talking and. Those yeah. terms, it was inspiring for her to know that there were good men out there mm. seeing how much they can give and not get. Um, so I would say it's for everyone. And there's a lot of the book is just really just, you know, academically breaking down. Here's a chapter on the buyers. Here's what's happening with buyers. Here's the traffickers. Here's the victims. You know, here's society. So there's a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with male or female. But there's a good maybe 20% of the book that is me and my male voice um, challenging men like we're talking about today. So to answer that question, it's for everybody, and a lot of women are really reading it. But there is a special emphasis, unapologetically, a special emphasis for that male audience because, guys, we're the problem.
1: Uh, Alan, this is a great conversation. We could talk a lot more. But tell us where people can support Saving Innocence if they just want to get behind the work that uh, your organization is doing. And then again, you've said this a few times already, but where they can find the book and how they can uh, get a hold of the resources that you guys have produced. Go to savinginnocence.org. You've already been
2: there and, and uh, I, I love the I love the positive feedback on we have five or six or seven <laughs> videos posted there that kinda of talk about the work and their survivors telling their stories and everything. Uh, You could become a donor. This is not a fundraising (laughs) podcast necessarily, but um, you can support Saving Innocence right there at the website. Follow us on all the social media at Saving Innocence and like and reshare and retweet and all those things. Uh, Be part of the conversation. And then this book, uh, again, it's for sale on Amazon. Type in Men Fight For Me. It'll come up. But take one more step. Go to fightforme.net. There's buttons. You can buy the book there. But then... Uh, all these survivors, their biographies are in there. Some of them have written books, and you can you can buy their book if you want. You can follow them on their social media. Um, there's other resources, things that will help you with porn addiction and uh, just other kinds of things you can do from that website. There's, we have a YouTube channel. where We've interviewed people that are in the right. book. You can just be part of the conversation. Lean in. Guys, get off the couch. Cross the line. Mm. Get, in, get in the game. This is important because we have survivors out there that are desperate and they're wishing I just needed someone, someone to fight for me. It's like, who's with me? Let's go.
1: That's great. Alan Smith. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the conversation and, uh, and the book. Uh, I'm gonna get a couple copies. Maybe we can get back on again after I've had the opportunity to read it and, uh, and yeah. talk through it, but love it. Appreciate it. And uh, keep doing the good work you guys are doing.
2: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And, and actually just one last little moment we're in the final stages of turning into an audio version, audio book. And all yeah. the survivors that tell their stories are in their voice in the studio talking wow. Wow. their voice in the book. And I'm, I'm getting the rough drafts. It's going to be really powerful. So maybe when that comes out, you and I can uh, circle back and uh, we can talk about it a little Let's bit more. Let's do it. All right. Let's do Thanks it. Luck. Thank you.
1: All right. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. I appreciate Alan and uh, certainly the effort it would take to write a book like this one in Saving innocents. the work that they are doing. Uh, at the very end of that interview, you heard Alan talk about the audio version of the book that is being produced right now. The stories that are told uh, about the victims in the book, they're reading those Portions of the book. That's going to, going to be fantastic and very helpful as well. So we'll make sure we push that out when that is produced. But please go and check this out. Uh, the book is Men Fight for Me The Role of Authentic Masculinity and Ending Sexual Exploitation and Trafficking. Uh, on this show, we talk about a lot of things, and many of the things we talk about are kind of for informational purposes <laughs> so that we know what's going on. We can navigate uh, a lot of what's happening. But this is an area where we can actually stand up and do something. We can be responsible as men, be responsible to lead the young men in our lives, and also to, as Alan mentioned, courageously stand against those who are perpetrating so much of this, whether they know it or not. And I would encourage you to uh, please get the book, encourage others to read it, share this content out, and that would be uh, very helpful to so many. If you're not yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you subscribe and then take some time, go over to YouTube. You can find The Situation Report on YouTube. That's our channel. This episode, so many other episodes are there. We've got a lot of content there, and we would love for you to have access to that. That allows us, knowing that you're there, to produce more content like this that we can get out to you and to those in your life that need to hear uh, conversations like the one that we just heard. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for watching, and we look forward to talking to you next week.